Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, What? more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. The scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Can someone be responsible for murder if they aren't the person holding the weapon? It's a question that still to this day gives a lot of people pause. How much responsibility does it take to change a case from suicide to manslaughter to murder? On September 12, 1995, a young boy was born who would go on to take his own life. A crime that his teenage girlfriend, a girl who did nothing to help him, went to trial over. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Conrad Henri Roy III was born on September 12, 1995, to a loving family in Metapoiset, Massachusetts. Once he was old enough, Conrad spent many years of his adolescence working with his father, grandfather, and uncle at his family's marine salvage business in New England, though this seemed to do little to settle his anxious mind. Known to have issues with depression and anxiety from a young age, Conrad was in and out of therapist's office, counselor's chairs, and even a cognitive behavioral therapist's room to try and calm his worried mind. And in the middle of all of this, he met a girl who he thought just might understand what he was going through. While both on a 2012 vacation in sunny Florida, Conrad Roy met and began a friendship with a girl named Michelle Carter. A bit younger than Conrad, Michelle was born in Massachusetts on August 11, 1996. 
and lived just about 35 miles away from Conrad and his family. Michelle's life seemed similar to Conrad's in many ways. Though she didn't see professionals for the same reasons, Michelle was in and out of therapist offices from the early age of eight, having suffered from an eating disorder, experienced cutting, and by the time she was 14, had been placed on psychiatric medication. The pair seemed to click instantly, though the severity of their relationship depended on who you asked. And once they went back to their respective homes, they spent the next two years communicating through their phones constantly and seeing each other only a handful of times. During those two years of friendship with Michelle, Conrad's mental health seemed to continue a downward spiral. According to a later testimony, Conrad's grandfather was verbally abusive, his father physically. And when his parents decided to get a divorce in the fall of 2012, his despondency turned into suicidal thoughts. Though he was unsuccessful, he had to be hospitalized for acetaminophen overdose and placed on Calexa, a medication that carries a boxed warning stating the increase of suicidal thoughts in people under the age of 24. He tried to soldier on, earning his captain's license in the spring of 2014, graduating in June with honors, continuing the sports that seemed to keep him on track, and gaining acceptance into Fitchburg State University with plans to study business. Then, those dark thoughts came creeping back once again. For two years, according to her stories, Michelle spent a chunk of her time talking Conrad off the edge. She repeatedly tried to discourage his suicide attempts throughout 2012 to 2014, and kept encouraging him to seek more effective professional help. Then, for reasons unknown, those pep talks and discouragements turned on their head, and in July of 2014, Michelle started to think that it might be a, quote, good thing to help him die, rather than interfere. And Conrad seemed to be on board, texting Michelle in June and suggesting that they could be the modern version of Romeo and Juliet. For weeks, these texts continued, with Michelle saying things like, You keep pushing it off and say you'll do it, but you never do. It's always going to be that way if you don't take action. On July 13th, 2014, which was the day that Conrad, the troubled teen with the push of his equally troubled girlfriend, rigged up his truck in the Kmart parking lot in Fairview, Massachusetts to allow the carbon monoxide fumes to enter the cab and slowly, deliberately take his own life. He was just 18 years old. Now, while things initially seemed pretty black and white when it came to Conrad's tragic death, investigators found scores of text messages on his phone that suggested the suicide wasn't all planned by Conrad. There were moments where, trapped in the car as the gas started to flow, Conrad felt a hesitation and expressed his second thoughts, to which 17-year-old Michelle answered with berating statements and encouragement to keep going. She typed things like, I thought you wanted to do this. The time is right and you're ready. You just need to do it. You can't keep living this way. And all you have to do is turn the generator on and you will be free and happy. Instructing him to get back in the truck and listening over the phone as Conrad suffocated to death. Never once calling the police or telling his parents. In fact, she played the role of devastated girlfriend up until the moment her text messages were discovered, helping Conrad's family in any way she could. When the case made its way to the public, everyone was glued to their screens, trying to understand how police intended on proceeding. 
indicted on February 4th, 2015, and arraigned the following day in juvenile court, Michelle Carter was charged with involuntary manslaughter for what the press was calling the texting suicide case. The grand jury found that there was enough information to charge her with wantonly and recklessly assisting Conrad's suicide and opted to indict her as a youthful offender rather than a juvenile, meaning if she was found guilty, she would be sentenced as an adult. It was also around this time that a judge refused the defense's request for funds to hire an expert on the medication Conrad was taking and how it may have affected his mental health calling it speculative and deeming it unnecessary. On June 5th, 2017, just one day before her trial was scheduled to begin, Michelle Carter waived her right to a jury and instead opted to have the case heard by a Judge Lawrence Moniz at the Bristol County Juvenile Court in Taunton, Massachusetts. Because this case was uncharted territory for every single person involved, Michelle's lawyer's attempted to dismiss the case, stating Michelle's text should have been protected under the First Amendment and the fact that Conrad Roy had a clear history of suicidal thoughts. With no text to look at, there was really nothing tying Michelle to Conrad's death. But the judge declined the motion, and the case proceeded. As the trial began, pages upon pages of Michelle's texts, emails, and phone call recordings were presented to the judge, as were Conrad's numerous health professionals who insisted he had every intention of ending his life with or without Michelle's help. There was also an argument about Michelle's level of responsibility since she, like Conrad, was also prescribed psychiatric medication. But the fact that she seemed to urge this boy into his death, even providing step-by-step instructions on how to do it, seemed hard to ignore. Read out loud were statements like, I think your parents know you're in a really bad place. I'm not saying they want you to do it. I honestly feel like they can accept it. They know there is nothing they can do. They've tried helping. Everyone's tried. But there's a point that comes where there isn't anything anyone can do to save you, not even yourself. And you've hit that point. And I think your parents know you've hit that point. With promises that she would take care of his parents after he was gone. She went on to explain, yeah, it will work. If you emit 3,200 ppm of it for five or 10 minutes, you will die within a half an hour. You lose consciousness with no pain. You just fall asleep and die. You can also take a hose and run it from the exhaust pipe to the rear window in your car and seal it with duct tape and shirts so it can't escape. You will die within like 20 or 30 minutes, all pain-free. It was hard to argue the role she played in his state of mind. But legally, her case was in a gray area where it was easy to argue both sides. She clearly didn't physically force him into the truck, though her messages didn't help. But she also didn't call police or reach out for help when she knew Conrad's state of mind and what he was doing at the time. In fact, the judge himself inferred that she actually wanted Conrad dead and that her words coerced his fragile mind. His statements have been met with quite a lot of criticism. Michelle never denied the text came from her, but her lawyers did argue that the prosecution was cherry-picking the ones that suited their narrative and raised the question of how a 17-year-old could stop a boy determined to end his life, saying nothing she could have said or done would have stopped Conrad Roy. At the end of her trial, the judge found her guilty due to failure to act and that this failure caused his death 
therefore allowing her to be convicted of involuntary manslaughter. Simply put, he said that when Conrad got out of the car, he broke his, quote, chain of self-causation. That, if it were not for Michelle's words, he would have remained outside of the car and would still be alive. Her attorneys, who believed Conrad simply dragged Michelle into his death, appealed her conviction, but were rejected. On August 3rd, 2017, Michelle Carter was sentenced to two and a half years in prison with 15 months to be served at the Bristol County House of Corrections. She was granted a stay of sentence while her lawyers exhausted her appeals on the grounds that she stayed away from Conrad's family. She finally began serving her 15-month sentence on February 11th, 2019, and almost immediately requested a parole hearing for early release. It was denied the following September. Meanwhile, her lawyers continued to petition the case to the Supreme Court based on the First and Fifth Amendment and Conrad's history of suicide attempts. The Supreme Court declined the case in January of 2020, and on January 23rd, Michelle Carter, now 23, was released due to good conduct. She will remain on parole until August 1st of 2022. The case of Conrad Roy leaves behind a legacy that may just change the way lawmakers view the parameters of responsibility. In the continually changing world, one where technology consistently grows, the law wasn't ready for a case like this. In the aftermath of his death, Conrad's mother is working with lawmakers to advocate for Conrad's law, which would definitively criminalize suicide coercion in the state of Massachusetts. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on September 13th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.